having with my husband and our communication is he picks and chooses what he feels is important to communicate with me. And if it's not important to him, it's just no big deal. Mm, boy. Boy. Some of us can relate to that, can't we? If it's not important to me, then I'm not interested. Sounds like it sounds like an eight-year-old. That's what you. That's what you get with your kids. Come on, um, and your teenagers. If it doesn't interest me, I'm not interested. We're not kids. We're adults. We're going to get to the rest of that painful, really painful reminder of the importance of we should care because our spouse cares on this topic of communication. Doctor Randy here, along with Jennifer and Stephen, during Thanksgiving week. Turkey week. I got some gravy, turkey and gravy coming up. We're going to have to prepare for it. I'm going to have to fast in preparation for that coming up later this week. Anyway, family time. That's always fun. And we got a bunch of callers we're going to get to in a moment as well as we talk about the power of communication uh, in marriage. Love to have you share your comments on our storyline at 888-888-1717. We'll get back to Terry's uh, call in just a moment. But first, we're going to go to Shannon. In uh, Michigan. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. What what, what would you like to contribute on this topic of uh, communication? Well, I was just happened to turn on the radio and to Family Life and heard Robin talking about, um, you know, her struggle with her spouse and his interrupting. And I think she had mentioned something about being on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that meant, like autism or ADHD, but I was diagnosed later in life with ADHD and um, I'm currently an ADHD coach and found my purpose out mm-hmm. of my own divorce. Um, because of some of the ADHD tendencies of, you know, interrupting and interrupting not on purpose and not being aware of it, but because of the insecurity that ADHDers can have with forgetting what they wanted to say. Um, And then they interrupt. And because of the work that, I've done and learned through this diagnosis, um, I had to own my part in my marriage. It wasn't just that the ADHD was um, the whole issue. There were other issues. But in looking at my part and growing through this divorce, I think it's important that spouses really do look at themselves and say, okay, this is hurting my spouse. What can I do about it? What have you done? What have you learned uh, to do? to deal with that in your own life? Oh my goodness. Um, I've really learned how to pause and take notice of really what's coming into my body and learn that how it's biblically related to, um, you know, ADHD is a defaulted in negativity. So that's how Satan might attack my mind and because I need metaphors and wanting to be a better person and not letting this diagnosis control me. I want to be more, I want to have more of a godlike brain. So neuroplasticity is, is learning how to, you know, rewire your brain and, yeah. and, and learn the habits that are actually hurting 
another person and also hurting you and your communication and the way you go about mm-hmm. it. Because if no one takes notice and comes alongside you to help you because they understand what the diagnosis is based in, I've had a lot of support. Um, and then I personally went back to school for three and a half years to study social emotional learning, executive mm. function, and um, specific habits on on how to change. And that that's um, the and key, that's isn't the it? Thing God has used my divorce. It is. Yeah, I mean, you take you took the you took the opportunity to say, "Hey, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for interrupting." I'm not going to just give it an excuse to say, well, I'm on a, on a spectrum, therefore I'm going to, I can do what I want. But you took responsibility to say, hey, I contributed to the outcome in my marriage, and I want to change, and I want to be different. It, listen, this is what intentional living is all about, and Shannon's reminding us. It's about the path you're on. Are you on a healthy path? Are you making the right decisions? Um, is the aim, the goals that you have in your life? Is how things working in your life today? Are you happy with them? Are you going the right direction? And then it's the daily habits, and Shannon's reminding us of the daily habits. You can learn to become a better communicator in your marriage. You really can. It's powerful. All right, Shannon, thank and you for your call. And then you feel better about yourself. Oh, you absolutely. feel better about yourself. Absolutely. Okay, thank you, Shannon. Appreciate it. Let me move on. we got Alice here in uh, Georgia. Well, not here in Georgia, but in Georgia. Hi, Alice. How are you doing? Great. Good. What have you learned about uh, communication, or what's your question? Well, um, we were, I've been married a long time, uh, and we went to counseling. I had been in and out of counseling for years, and finally, uh, one time my husband went to counseling, and we went a total of about 20, about 20 sessions, and about halfway through, uh, of course, the counselor met with, with in, he met with us together at first, and then independently, and um, then he basically fired my husband. So he basically saying, hey, if you're not going to cooperate, if you're not going to make some changes, my time's more valuable. I can do something else. No, don't come back. Yes. And then what happened? Oh, um, well, I, I feel like the counselor at that time thought I was going to maybe file for divorce. But what I happened? I mean, what, what are you guys doing? I mean, are you communicating better now? Are things better or what? Um, a little bit, uh, but that's because of something that the Lord did for me. Uh, my husband's heavy into uh, family genealogy, which is something I do not participate in. And... Um, um, I think he's very insecure, and I've been told that he's by. So, I mean, what have you done? Are you guys, what, what one thing are you doing to communicate with your husband better? Or what thing is he doing to help communicate with you? What, what, what's holding you together here in the communication part? Well, as far as holding together the communication part, I don't know. Now, the Lord did something for me recently that has helped, but that was particularly for me. And, um, I've dealt with a lot of bitterness, and um, um, I'm not as uh, verbally uh, I'm not as verbally abusive to him as I was mm. because I, I, out of frustration. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get frustrated, then all of a sudden, we you know we can blow up. All right. Well, uh, Alice, I appreciate you calling, uh, and I think it's a point again. Uh, when you're going to go to counseling, we tell people. You hear me say it many times. Go to counseling, but don't go to counseling and then drop out. I mean, it's it's something you learn from. And if you're being challenged, in fact, if you feel like you need to drop out, that's probably when you need to pay more attention. Because there's something going on that maybe needs to really work in in the relationship for you. All right. Thank you, Alice. Uh, I need to move on. I got some other callers here. I got Carol I got to get to in New Mexico next. Uh, How you doing, Carol? Oh, hello. Um, My question is, I heard you tell the story about how you were sitting in your lazy boy chair. Are you going to beat me up? uh, Are you going to call and beat me up? Oh, okay. No, no, not at all. I wanted to know the outcome, you know, if uh, Donna just gave you the look uh-huh. or if if you had to have a discussion or, you know, chances are you just caught on after the words were out of your mouth. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I yeah, I, ca- I got a reminder on that. I, you know, my I, maybe I have blocked the memory of that moment, but... Uh, oh. <laughs> basically, for those who didn't hear it, I sit in a lazy boy, and I'm a fixer. I like to fix problems and like to help out, and and I do that with my kids who are all adults and have grand their kids. Oh. And and hello, I've I, my wife keeps telling me, you know, Randy, don't suggest you. You don't have to try to correct anybody. I just just enjoy the moment. But I'm watching Donna take the dishes out of the dishwasher, and I'm thinking. She's putting some over on the left side of the microwave and the others on the right side of the microwave. And if she got them all on the one side, it would save a lot of work. And so Uh I thought, I I mean, it makes sense to me, right? Yeah. Uh, Come on. You're sitting in your lazy boy chair. I'm sitting in my lazy boy chair because there was nothing else to watch on TV. So I'm watching her. And then uh, I think she, knowing Donna, she probably would have said something like, um, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Or why don't you come out here and help me uh, yeah. if you have yeah. si- if you have such great ideas? Uh, but I'll tell you what, Don and I, after all the years we've been married, um, we we deal with this stuff with a hug and a and a, a smile and a reminder that we love each other and move on. Uh, but you know, not everybody yeah. does. Some people no, no, no. that becomes a big problem. Yeah. Yes. So what's your follow up? What are you going to tell Donna? Oh, me? Yeah. Didn't you have a follow-up for Donna? Did you want to help her? No, I wanted to know what your follow-up Oh, you was. wanted to help me. Okay. Well, no, I just was interested in how Donna reacted, because you had talked to somebody else about the look. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know if that's all she had to do was the look, or if you, you know, how how you communicated uh, that well, one one of two things will episode. happen. <laughs> now, listen, the whole the whole world's listening, so I don't know if Donna's got the radio on. But uh, one of two things will happen when I do stupid things: um, either quiet, and then I kind of aware that, that there's silence in the house, you know, and and I'll say, "You okay?" And, it, well, you know, and I'm smart enough to realize it was that dumb thing I did 20 minutes ago, or she'll give me the look, say something like. You know, no thank you, or uh, you don't have to do that. But one thing we're good at, I have to give credit to Donna, we're good at making up and saying, hey, I'm sorry, uh, because it's usually my fault. So I'm usually the one saying, I'm sorry. Uh, and you know what? This is life. You, you, you can't be, you, you're not going to make it to 50 years in marriage without a lot of, hey, I was a jerk. Will you forgive me? And mean it. And then try to change. I mean, actually work on it. 
um, or talk about things. Um, if there's if there's silence, what where's the silence from? If there's anger, be able sometimes just to recognize people need space and they just have to have their own. Donna likes her space because um, I joke one of these days when I actually do finally retire, if I ever do, and she, she's kind of like, well, does that mean you're gonna be home like all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about that. <laughs> uh, so we have to keep things, we have to find things to continue to entertain ourselves, right? In, in the process of life. All right. Thank you, Carol. I, I hope I filled in some of the blanks for you. Let's take a break. We'll be back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Hello, what works for my wife and I in our marriage is after our evening meal, we have a quiet time where we sit together in the living room, we look at each other and make eye contact, and we talk about the highlights of our day, uh, what went well, and we talk about our plans for the next day, and we just tell each other we love each other, and I think that's the most important thing, is making a special time to just talk and to look and to listen. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much uh, for standing with us. Thanks for your prayers and support for the Ministry of Intentional Living, making a difference in a crazy world, uh, hopefully making a difference uh, that brings glory to God and benefit uh, to those who are listening. Practical things you can do. Four things on communication. Uh, I, I went through one of them on our last show uh, last week, and I want to touch on on the rest of these uh, today. We'll get to those. But during the break there, Jennifer, you were telling me your husband is... He did some jerky things too, like I did, you know, with the dishes and the things. Yeah, so what did you do? It wasn't with the dishwasher. I, yeah. I have one, but I tend to hand wash my dishes a lot. I don't I don't know why. But You're going to need help for that, but that's another <laughs> issue. Go ahead. So I was washing my dishes, uh-huh. and whenever you stand at the sink, typically I would do, I uh, would wash on the left, rinse on the right, and at my other house, the dish rack was on the right of that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's kind of the opposite at my house now. So I decided to wash in the right bin, rinse in the left, and then go ahead and stack in the dish rack. Got it. Logical. So to me, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm um, with you. Kind of a one, two, three. Right. But he was questioning my process, and I said, and I explained why I did it. He was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. I said, but, I said, since you said something, maybe you can be my rinser. You can oh, rinse no, no, the dishes no, and no. put it in the dish He's rack. in management. <laughs> he's in management. <laughs> Yeah, so, managers never get their hands dirty. I kind dirty, of put you know? him to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since right. he had this grand idea of saying something. All right. <laughs> we're good at that. Some of us live for our grand ideas. Okay, we're talking about communication and marriage today. Let's go to Bill in Michigan. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Doing good, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing doing fine. Appreciate your call. What uh, what can we do to help, or what's your what's your comment? Um, kind of like a question. Uh-huh. I got married really late. Um, uh, I was a former widower. My wife had uh, a couple of rough marriages and then she found me. And I'm kind of um, wondering because I'm feeling really uh, insecure 
and my wife, because of her rough marriages, um, has been pretty wounded. And when we get to the point where we're communicating, quite often I'll get defensive because I'm feeling insecure, or I'll trip into her insecurities, and then, you know, pretty much everything turns into a uh, argument instead of a communi- instead of authentic communication. Do you have any points for, like, insecure people talking to wounded people or wounded people talking to insecure people? Well, yeah, you got two hurting people married, and you're going to be hurting each other in ways that probably you both recognize you wish you didn't do, right? Yes. Yeah. Does she recognize it as well? Uh, Yes. Um, Sometimes a little later, but then sometimes I'm a little later, too. But generally, we generally come around to recognizing that we're hurting each other. Like, it's not like one of us blaming the other one all the time or whatever. Now, you said you've been through two two marriages. Did, did, were there patterns of this kind of um, the, the woundedness in, in her life in that? Did that show up in those marriages? Well, yeah, it definitely manifested itself in that. My wife is a pretty incredible woman, if you know her story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, especially the second one, her her husband didn't treat her very well or, or right. I guess we might even call him a non-Christian man, but I, ne- I didn't get, never got to know him personally or anything. Yeah. And so when you talk about your own insecurity, where's where that coming from, do you think? Well, believe it or not, I, I just turned 55 this year. Um, I used to be an ordained minister, um, pastor, a traveling preacher, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this time of my marriage has been a real transition I've transferred from being like one of those things to um, to like a hospice chaplain, um, where I go and minister to people, you know, like on their deathbed and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and their families. Um, once another thing that I think has caused me kind of insecure is because she has a thirty-year-old autistic son, and uh, we uh, we have li- chose to live in his house which means getting rid of my house. And it means getting rid of a lot of stuff that I've had. I was a widower. I had a pretty happy marriage. My wife, first marriage, my wife had been gone like eight, eight or nine years. And, uh, um, this is nothing against my second wife, but they are two different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like uh, the adjustment from one personality, to the other one mm-hmm. is, kind of makes me ins- has made me insecure too. A lot of things maybe I thought I had figured out or not yeah. playing out the way now. That way I may have thought they would. Well, you've got, you know, you lay all of those proverbial cards on the table. You got a lot of information there. 55, um, you're, you're a widower, you're in, you married, remarried and totally different person. Uh, you're, you're, a, you're in your fifties. We're a little more fixed on what we do when we're in their fifties, you know, how life is supposed to work. You said your wife had been uh, through two marriages and been hurt, so she's bringing woundedness. And then you talk about the needs with this 30-year-old uh, son living in his home. I mean, you lay all those proverbial cards on the table. It's not a surprise that you'd have some difficulty. And I think if, if the key is if the both of you could approach this without an accusatory angle, just simply saying, hey, man, we got a lot of stuff stacked against us here. I mean, let's just face it. You've been through two marriages. We have... Your son, uh, I have my history, um, my insecurities. 
we've got to sort this out now that we've been married. I always tell people premarital counseling is great, but I think postmarital counseling is, is, could even be better. What I mean by that is after you get married. If you want to give your kids a great gift when they get married, say, here's a free pass for you know six sessions with a Christian counselor six months after you get married or one year after you get married so you can go and actually work through now that we've actually been living together and trying to make this thing work, here are the things that we heard about in premarital counseling that are now a reality in our life. And so just to acknowledge the fact of, hey, you know, we're, we're not kids. We got a lot of history. Uh, we didn't get married in the first, first act of life, but we're in the third and fourth and fifth act of life with all this history behind us. And we're trying to write a new play, a new picture, you know, and, and that's difficult because we're used to playing the roles we played in those previous acts. Does that make that word picture work? That's a picture. And just to be able to be honest and say, hey, I've got insecurity. You've got woundedness. Hey, we're hurting people. God loves us. He saves us. God is in the business of restoring hurt people, forgiving hurt people and, and wounded people and accepting and loving and saving wounded people. But we have to accept the fact this is painful. And then to communicate, to say, we need some help. And if the two of you would make a commitment to say, we're going to we're going to buy six sessions with a counselor, a Christian counselor, lay these cards on the table that you've done so articulate, you've been so articulate in sharing with us, Bill, and then go to work at them. And I think God can do a work in your life because you're admitting the fact I'm insecure. Satan will just pry that wedge between you and your spouse in the area of insecurity, and he'll take that same pry and pry between you and your wife and you with her woundedness because here's a reality. Hurt people tend to hurt other people. Now, one of the reasons we struggle in our family is because we're not clear about expectations. You've heard me say many times that expectation minus reality equals disappointment. And so if you and your family can sit down and clarify what were some things that we expected to be a part of our family that are not there now, because whatever it is that you expect, and this is true of your kids, it's true of yourself and your spouse, is not being met, that's going to create a disappointment. So one of the, I guess it could be a fun thing, it could be a stressful thing, it could be a difficult thing, but one thing that could be transformational is to talk about and clarify the expectations that you have in your family. Communication, it is a key to healthy relationships. Our master class this month is on this topic of Intentional living in the area of communication. I mentioned that we're doing a three-month series last month on intentional living in a hurting world. This month on intentional living in your family as it has to do with communication. Then next month on uh, setting goals. Wow, personal, in your own personal life. So members, watch for it. It's coming your way. If you're not, come and join us and then share it with others. It'll come to you automatically through email, video, and audio. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. Or you can um, go, you can call during West Coast Business Hours, 888-888-1717. I think the staff's here all week, except for, I think Thursday and Friday, uh, Thanksgiving and Friday, we, we, let them, we let them go home. Go home on Thanksgiving. But come back, all right? That's how it goes. All right, we started the show with Terry, and uh, we told you we'd come back. Thank you for your patience, Terry. What's your question? Go right ahead. I was explaining to um, Stephen 
The challenge I'm having with my husband and our communication is he picks and chooses what he feels is important to communicate with me. And if it's not important to him, it's just no big deal. And then I would might bring something up to him. I really wish he would have communicated that with me. And then he goes on and invalidates the reason for not communicating. It goes back to a lot with the no marriage. With um, I've been helping raise my stepson since he was four, and he's almost 18. And this past Christmas, he went to his mom's house for few days after Christmas, uh, he told me he was coming home one day, and then he didn't bother to tell me that he was coming home early, and he just showed up. I asked my husband, why didn't you tell me he was going to go ahead and come home a little earlier? And he didn't feel like there was any need to tell me. Well, I'm thinking, hey, you should know. You know, that's one of the things we do in our marriage sometimes. We assume that our spouse knows something, and it's disrespectful not to communicate. Uh, I... I have found, I found when you over communicate, even though it might bother someone sometimes, that's healthier than under communicating. Have you ever gotten text a text email from somebody and they've said something and you couldn't quite, they didn't quite finish the sentence and you're, and you get confused on what they really meant? I got a fun story. I'll tell you. I can't. I don't have time today. I'll tell it on another day. Fun story with a communication <laughs> that I had with my son. Uh, and he was thinking one thing, and I was thinking something else. Instead of me being clear on what I'm saying, that's what happens uh, when we don't really take the time to communicate, which is something that's so important uh, for both of us in a marriage, both husband and wife. Okay? Yeah, well, I have a question. Uh, newly married to a woman, beautiful woman that's generous and kind, um, has a big heart, but she has no children of her own. And I have two children. Unfortunately, um, they have two different mothers. And periodically, I have to converse and see these other women. Uh, my wife does not understand, and I don't understand her not understanding. <laughs> But there seems to be some tension, maybe some jealousy. Just wondering if you can uh, help me with this issue. Thank you. Yeah, Jacko, because you don't understand that she didn't understand that you don't understand, and and that's what happens with so much misunderstanding in marriage. Yeah, I can help you, Eric. I'll tell you what it is. I would encourage you to do this. Say, honey, I I get it. Tell me a little bit. I'm thinking maybe you're feeling I don't know threatened or insecure or something with my ex-wives and that's just a reality it is what it is and as a result i have kids and that's the only reason i have that interaction with them is because we've got to talk about the kids and i would do this i would ask your wife this one question what one thing can i do in my communication with these two women that i have to communicate with that'll help you feel better what are they and then do it if it's letting her know afterward or whatever it is if it's reasonable but the fact is you have to communicate for the benefit of those kids. All right, listen before talking. I told you I'd give you four things, right? Listen before talking. Number two, be slow to take a position. What I mean by that, it's easy to become defensive too early. And once we take a position, then we have to defend it. That happens in relationships. And so a person who's kind of open and listening and waiting and being patient. Number three, remember intention versus expectation. What your intention is, isn't always what they expect. So understand their expectation more than your intention. Come on, 
their expectation more than your intention and then be honest. Be honest. Dr. Randy, and this Thanksgiving week, for Jennifer, Stephen, and the team at Intentional Living, thanks for your prayers and support. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.